What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Dad's Game Podcast. This is Joan here, as always. You can also check me out on twitch.tv slash awesomehazelnuts. The link is in the description. I started streaming as of today, Sunday. And I'm, and I'm very excited to be sharing my thoughts and how I, uh, how I approach the game. So do check out my stream when I go live. And if you guys want live updates as to when I'm going live, do check out my Twitter for more information. So let's get on with today's episode. The topic of today is none other than patch 1.12. We're going to talk about Monuments of Power. A couple of cards that got nerfed, along with the brand new decks that exist in the new meta in patch 1.12. We all know that Monuments of Power, when it was released, came along with the brand new card type, which is none other than Landmarks which I believe to be quite underwhelming because when we look at the decks that play landmarks, there's only one deck that comes to mind that actually plays it. Actually two decks that come to mind that run it. One of it is the brand new Ram deck, which is very similar to a traditional War Mother deck. But instead of running War Mother's Control and Drindabir, they replace it with the Howling Abyss to be able to generate random champion, level 2 champions as their win condition. It feels like they are playing Ezreal Karma all over. However, that brand new Ram deck, the Ram Howling Abyss deck, is not as strong as the other control or combo decks in the meta because you are heavily relying on the RNG and the randomness of your landmark to generate you the right champions at the right time to win the game. It's a very reactive deck which I will go into more detail later. And another deck which came along with it, which apparently is the strongest deck in the meta, which is... Soraka Tamkench. It is a deck that came out along with the brand new lab with this expansion where they allowed us to play with the different landmarks in the game to try out how they actually work. And so the actually the actual preset deck which came along with it, which was Tamkench along with Soraka, featuring a lot of the brand new Beachwater minions which revolves around hitting themselves, pairing it together with Soraka's ability to heal at heal via supporting because of her ability. And then with the ability to quickly level up Soraka, with Starspring creates an alternate win condition where the game revolves around you playing yourself, damaging your own minions and then healing them through a level up Soraka, which ultimately spells defeat for your opponent if they're not able to deal with Soraka immediately. And when we look at the overall state of the meta, there's only two decks which has emerged out of everything to shape this brand new meta. We just adding two decks to the existing pool. We all know that the other decks are still pretty stable. They still can beat each other. It's a very good state of the meta where every deck can beat every other deck. So before I go into the meta in too, too, de- too in detail, or more in detail later, let's talk about the brand new nerfs. So the first card deck of nerfed is none other than Genevieve Elmhart. So right now, from a 6 mana 5 5, it's now dropped to a 6 mana 5 4. The stats remain the stats has been changed, the life went down by one, but the overall effect still remains the same. So when I look at Genevieve Elmhart and the drop of health, I think that this nerf is something that I did not expect at all. Because Genevieve Elmhart is the sort of card which signifies the end for your opponent. It is a bannerman along with a scout. And usually when your opponent drops this card, when they're running scouts, it's usually a very strong tempo swing on their side. It is the gap between them being able to level up their misfortune or their queen to do some additional damage and also to stabilize the board. This drop in one life is a very big nerf because when we look at the other six drops, five drops in the game, some of them have 
maybe four attack, some of them have three attack. Their stats tend to be quite balanced because for six drop, most of their effects are pretty, pretty powerful. And so when we see Genevieve Elhard, the biggest comparison we can make is against Trundle. Because Trundle is a six is a five mana four six. Then in the past, when you drop Genevieve Elhard, you can challenge Trindamir. And then the rest of your minions, the rest of your scout minions can declare open attack. But now you can't do that because it's a 6 mana 5 4, meaning that if it were to trade into Trundle, it will be destroyed. Meaning that you're just minusing one on your own, and Trundle may or potentially be able to clear 2 minions. In a good scenario, it's able to clear 2 and then be able to survive the turn because there are many combat tricks like Troll Chan, Pale Pasket, you know how the game, you know how the deck works. And so that's one example that I can give when it comes to Genevieve Elmhart. I believe that this nerf really weakens Scout a little bit because they have access when you're playing against ASO Trundle or decks that run Trundle, especially War Mother or the brand new Howling Abyss Trundle deck. When they drop Trundle, it's as early as turn four, and you and if in that scenario they're able to drop Trundle that easily without any obstruction, it usually is a very tight game against your opponent because the deck runs tons of healing, tons of removal. And this one life really makes a difference because in the past your Genevieve could maybe attack twice. But now it only attack once and it cannot survive at all. And so I believe this nerf is a huge one. Not to take away the strength from scouts, I do believe that scouts is the clincher or the best deck against everything else along with Swing Twister Fate. If there are two decks in the meta which I believe are incredibly powerful, it's none other than Swing Twister Fate and scouts. Because of scouts ability to play like the Masia and to surprise your opponent with relentless pursuit to do that amount of damage needed to close the game. And so the next nerf deck to be addressed is none other than the very card which made Targon Lee Sin, I would say on another level compared to what it was originally, it's none other than Bastion. So the cost went from 3 mana to 4. If I were to talk about this nerf, it has to be the largest one. In the past you could save 3 spell mana for Bastion to work, but now you require 1 additional mana in order for Bastion to resolve. No doubt, this card is still powerful, but that 1 mana cost really, really, really makes a huge difference. Because in the past, you, all you need is to save 3 spell mana for Bastion to resolve. But now, you need 4 mana. And that is a very huge investment for decks that run combo style oriented. Something like Soraka Tamkench, Targon Lee Sin. Both decks are very reliant on Bastion in order to make it work. And so I believe with this nerf, it is it doesn't change the overall outcome of those combo decks. It just makes them more susceptible to removal, which is a good thing because when we look at Targon listing, there are so many forms of removal that I believe that this best nerf doesn't really make much of a difference. We all know that cards like Nopify exist, and Nopify is auto automatically and auto-include inside decks like Targon listing. It is such a strong card, which is able to deal with Around 90% of all the spells being run in every other meta deck apart from those that run RAM. Because when we look at Swing Twister Fate, when we look at decks like Scouts, we look at decks like Pirate Aggro, majority of their spells apart from Decimate, or maybe apart from those high cost spells, are less than 3. Meaning that Nopify is able to deal with any form of removal. And we look at Bastion, Bastion can, can be cast on anything that costs more than 7 or costs more than 5. And they also have Deny in the deck, which gives them so many outlets. To prevent leasing, to prevent so to prevent yeah prevent leasing from being destroyed. I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit carried over there. So you get what I mean, right? They have the exact spells that they need to deal with every single scenario. 
back in the past, best thing is to be 3 mana, right? Means it's able to be a counterplay towards Vengeance due to your 3 mana. But now they have Deny, they have Notify, and they have Bastion. There are 3 different ways to protect this thing based on the threat that you're trying to do against their win condition. With this nerf, I believe that it's a step in a good direction. Overall, it doesn't really affect the outcome of the decks that I just mentioned. Bastion is incredibly powerful inside decks like Soraka Tamkench, meaning that your Tamkench is able to survive on the board, devour a lot of stuff, and then level up pretty easily and obliterate everything you have. And when we look at Soraka Tamkench, they don't really rely on Tamkench as much. Like, if you guys remember my previous podcast where I mentioned that Tamkench is a card that stands alone on its own. It is your alternate win condition, and when leveled up, it is so incredibly powerful. It's something like Twisted Fate, and that's the power of Butch Water Champions. Both Twisted Fate and Tamkench are cards that are a trap on its own, and that one makes it so powerful. And paired together with Bastion, you can either win with Soraka, healing everything in Starspring, or you can win via Tamkench, overvaluing everything that your opponent has. And so this Bastion nerf is a great one. And let's look at the next card that got nerfed, Living Legends. Okay, so this card is in a pretty weird situation. I don't think it really affects much, or really affects anyone that's playing Aso Trundle. Because nobody in their right mind will cast Living Legends unless they have no other choice. And most of the time in the scenario where you're casting Living Legends is when you have Aso on board, or when Aso is really leveled up. It doesn't matter if you feel bad at spell mana. It is good to feel bad at spell mana. It gives you 13 mana overall. But with Living Legends, I don't think it really affects much. Nobody really casts it unless they have nothing else to play. And so that's my two cents regarding it. The only big difference is the spell mana. It might make a difference, but most of the time, if you're casting Living Legends with zero mana, that's game for your opponent right there. And so that's my thoughts on Living Legends. The nerf is not that big or not that significant at all. When you see it being cast, it's more or less game well for you. Because ASO is usually leveled up by then. And let's look at a card which I believe got buffed instead of being nerfed. It's not other than Hush. You guys might think that I'm not thinking that Hush got buffed. But let me tell you, the escalating cost thing, no doubt it's great. But most of the time, let's think about it. You only want to cast it once. It's not the kind of card that you cast over and over again, unless you're already dominating on the board. And usually decks that run Hush, maybe Aso Trundle, that's the only deck that comes to mind that plays it. Maybe some form of uh, Lux Aso as well. Escalating, right? But then, this 2 mana cost Hush, silence the unit this round, is almost as powerful as Purify. It's almost the same power levels, except that Purify removes the card text immediately forever, only on a non-champion unit. But for Hush, you essentially stop whatever your opponent is doing for that one turn. And when we look at Hush, it's almost at the same levels as Flash Freeze, which is another card which is incredibly powerful. And also together with Brittle, Brittle Freeze or Brittle Steel or something like that. These 3 cards are the ultimate burst spells. I believe. And now with the buff 2 mana, I still think it's... They just made the card even stronger. Because the decks that run Hush have... It's not a kind of mid-range deck. They are control decks, combo decks. It can be Aso Trundle. It can be Diana. Not Diana, sorry. It can be Lee Sin. Targon Lee Sin. They run maybe 1 or 2 copies of Hush to prevent your opponent from overwhelming you on that turn. And we look at Lux Aso as well. They maybe run 2 copies of Hush. It's the sort of cards that you want to use to ensure that your opponent doesn't do anything to you. And due to Hush existing in the meta, Ezreal has sort of fallen off. In the past, without Hush, Ezreal 
before his nerf was quite powerful. But now with Ezreal being nerfed and Hush being exist, I don't think that Ezreal will ever see play again. Not for the time being. Because imagine working your entire game towards leveling up Ezreal. And then when you drop Ezreal, thinking you won. Or maybe you're in a very tight you're in a very tight scenario where it's a life and death situation. And that is most of the time where Ezreal players find themselves, right? And so you just cast Hush one time. And let's say you have a menacing bot. Your opponent has no choice but to pass. That's the, usually the bot state. And that one turn can easily cost them everything. Or you can play mind games with them. You don't hush at all. And then they might think, you know, I might just want to commit all my spells right now. All you gotta do is just press one hush and they just wasted their spells because Ezreal won't proc the passive ability. Most of the time, you want to cast hush on your own turn. So they can open attack, you hush it and that's about it. That's game. So, let, so when you think about hush, now it's being dropped to 2 mana. I believe this is a very significant buff because it really frees up a lot of the the mana issues that the combo decks or the control decks that they have. The two mana, a crucial hush can easily win you the game from there. And so I believe this buff is a mistake. I don't really see a way that you can, that you can fix hush. The only other way is to remove it from the game, which is something which I've been advocating ever since hush was released. Now that hush exists together with cards like Bastion and cards like Nopify, sometimes I just hope that they don't ever release something like Nopify or Hush ever again. Because we all know that Nopify is incredibly powerful. I said that not a lot of decks can run it at all. Nobody wants to splash Ionia, right? But we look at the tier 1 Ionia decks that exist, Targon Lee Sin. It's the only one that comes to mind. The deck is incredibly powerful with access to both Bastion, Deny, along with Nopify. And let's not forget that Ionia decks have access to Wheel of Ionia, which is another card which is very powerful against Town Kench. So that's one thing to take note of. So let's talk about... Okay, let's go to the next part of this, or today's episode. We're going to talk about the brand new decks in the meta. Like I mentioned, there's only two decks that came out. Let's talk about the first one. It's not other than Soraka Town Kench. Okay, let's just, before I talk about Soraka Town Kench, let's talk about the landmarks and how underwhelming most of them are. Apart from Star Spring, Howling Abyss, maybe Slaughter Dogs, the other landmarks aren't they great at all. The University of Pewtober is pretty meh. The Noxious landmark is requires too much commitment. You need a Frostbite. You need a deck that runs Frostbite. And when you're looking at decks that run Frostbite like Ash Sejuani, they don't really need that landmark to win the game. And board presence is very important for the deck as well. And 5 mana is something they can't pass up because that's usually a turn that they drop Air Frozen Hearthguard to even push themselves to an even stronger position in the game. So let's look at Soraka Tamkench, one of the two decks that can make the landmarks work. It is a tier 1 combo deck, which I believe is tier 1 because there's no other deck that can beat it. Aggro totally get destroyed by Soraka Tamkench. Combo decks have a good time against it because Soraka Tamkench takes a while to get going. And then, yeah. Con- control decks also have a tough time against Soraka Tamkench because... No, sorry. Control decks have a good time against Soraka Tamkench now that I think about it. Because both are incredibly passive. And if Howling Abyss resolves too many times, that is game right there. So let's look at Soraka Tamkench and how the deck works. So this deck revolves around Soraka and a bunch of huge water minions that always deal, them- deal damage to themselves. So the whole deck revolves around Star Spring healing them every turn. Incrementally. Incrementally, yeah. So you need to reach the stage in which Star Spring has really healed your minions to around 10 charges. Hopefully your Soraka on board. And Soraka does a full heal when it's leveled up. Or without level up, it does a full heal. So if you're the heal heal, 
both Soraka and the supported minion, they easily would start spring into a 5 mana charge. And in a scenario where Soraka is really leveled up, it heals both minions back to full life. And we look at the deck where it keeps taking damage from itself, being able to block, forcing very good trades. This deck can really pivot into a kind of deck which blocks your opponent from any aggression and then fulfilling Star Springs level ability through the, through the healing every turn. And so this deck usually tries to close out the game as early as turn 6 and turn 7, which is pretty crazy because when we look at other combo decks like Ezreal Karma, Ezreal Twisted Fate, Karma, the spooky Karma decks, those, take, those decks take at least turn 10 to win. And Star Spring being 2 mana makes it so easy to achieve this win condition. Because when you put it in when you put those decks in the meta, you look at the current meta state. The aggro decks have a terrible time against Sokra Tamkench because they have so many different ways to block damage and they heal back everything. And then they have Challenger, they have Soraka, it's infinite heals. They also have some form of removal to their own nexus. It's something to think about. As well with the infinite healing, aggro is definitely a deck that you cannot run unless you are running Turbo Sajrani, which is one deck which I believe is quite strong against Soraka Tamkesh, but I have not tried it out too much. And so when you have such a wing audition where it's so easy to fulfill, along with a champion which can level up pretty easily just watching 4 times that your allies get healed, it is no surprise that Soraka Tamkesh is undoubtedly tier 1. You have a great matchup against everything. Combo and control decks take a while to get up, while while your opponent is trying to get up with combo and control decks, you can easily play, play with yourself and heal everything and start spraying those kind of buffs in your deck. And there's no surprise that's why this deck is so strong. And then not to mention that they have an alternate win condition in Tamkench. Tamkench is a card which functions at Twister Fate. It doesn't really rely on itself. It doesn't really rely on how your deck runs to win the game. It can sort of level on its own, deal with everything your opponent has, and that's game. Not to mention they have Bastion to make Tamkench and Soraka near unremovable. They have many different ways to heal, such as Mountain Goat's ability to generate free gems. They have, they have a Mentor of the Stones. So they have many different ways to heal, making the 22 heal win condition pretty easy to fulfill. It, it's a, not a deck that outright beats you because of beatdown or whatever. It's a kind of deck that beats you through 5D, 6D chests, making you attack and then healing back everything. That's how the deck works. I don't think this deck is incredibly overpowered, but at the rate in which a lot of, people are, a lot of players are picking it up, it might turn into incredibly still meta where nobody even open declare attack, they just play it themselves. And here's the best part, nobody runs any form of landmark removal. In fact, the decks need to be... The only decks that can run landmark removal are Swing Twister Fate and Pirate Aggro because they have the noxious element in it. I do see in the future more players running Scorch Earth, but as of now, there is no way for you to deal with Sorakatam Kench. And one good thing about Scorch Earth is that its ability to deal with a damaged Soraka and the Tam Kench heavily limiting everything they are doing. Heck, even Scorch Earth on their Star Spring is enough to win you the game because this deck has no outright threat to deal damage to your Nexus. Another bad matchup that this deck has is not as Ash Sudrani. It is a deck that is incredibly crippling against almost every deck in the meta. So let's look at the second deck which came out of the entire Monuments of Power patch, Trash 1.12. It's not than Trundle Howling Abyss. It is a brand new Ram deck that came along together with that joins the ranks of Aso Trundle and War Mother Control. As you guessed it, it is a Ram deck which ring condition replaces War Mother and Aso to get random level 2 champions from Howling Abyss to win the game. When I first looked at the deck, I was quite skeptical. I was wondering why is people just bashing one, one champion which is Trundle. And when I look at the deck list, it kind of makes sense. You have Ice Peeler, you have Trundle to instantly gain a lot of damage. Ice Peeler sort of 
regenerates back your mana and you most likely can drop a champion which is already leveled up and it's cost less than 8 mana on your turn 7 or your turn 8 sorry and so this, this deck really sort of clicks together in how it works but sometimes the champion to generate aren't they great at all and that's one thing to notice heck you don't even need to run War Mother or even Aso Trunder anymore because your level 2 champions can be Trindamir level 2 it can be Aso level 2 and you know that's pretty scary on its own right I would say that compared to the other the other decks that exist such as Aso Trunder and War Mother when I talk about the RAM category this deck might not be too strong but I might be wrong because personally I've been running this deck for a little bit and I find it quite a fun deck to run especially against a, quite a slow meta that we are playing today and so we look at the third deck which exists it is a deck which, which I quite I hyped it a little bit it's other than Dragon's Midrange so the problem with this deck is that it is incredibly susceptible to Ash Sojourney no surprise this deck revolves around combat phase and one thing to note is that if Dragon's block it counts as striking so that applies to Shivana's level up pretty quickly but this deck does remind me of the Masa and will, I believe will replace Scouts in the meta because of how reliable those minions are. But because of how reliable this deck is and how predictable this playstyle is, it's a sort of deck which can easily be countered by your opponent because you know what you're going to play. It has no surprise factor of anything that is outright super powerful. This deck is reliable and that is its problem. If you like playing decks which have a very linear playstyle, I suggest just playing Dragon's Midrange. Or you want to upgrade, just run Swain Twister Fate, which is a deck which runs very similar to those mid-range decks. Simple win condition, and you win from there. And let's talk about, finally, what I believe will dominate the meta for the next two weeks. I have three decks that come to mind. The first one is Esu Johnny. Personally, I have been piloting this deck. It's a funny thing that Freylord is now the strongest uh, region in Runeterra today. Very, very funny, because uh, I remember a couple of months ago, Freylord was the weakest, because everyone is complaining how weak it is. As for Johnny, hands down destroys everything. Frostbite together with the what was that? The frost the, the, the wolf that bites into Rhyme Fang Wolf. Ash ability to make things unblockable. Sojourney as your insurance in the late game. Together with Captain Faron, okay, this deck, too damn strong. Your only weakness is probably aggro decks because you can't deal with a whiteboard unless you luck out and draw into the reckoning. That's probably not gonna happen unless you're super lucky. Another deck which I believe will dominate the meta is Aso Trundle. We look at all the control decks in the meta. Trundle Howling Abyss. We even have decks like Soraka Tamkench. You need to find a way to deal with the landmark. Because once Star Spring and Howling Abyss is in play, the game sort of goes on a clock. However, those two cards alone don't really don't really have much of a threat to your Aso and your Trundle resolving on the board. So that's one thing that you guys have noticed is that when you're playing Aso Trundle, it does come down to a little bit of luck whether you draw into your ram early. But I want to think of a brand new build which, which puts in voices of the old one, making a super hybrid ram deck that goes insane because there are cards like Eclipse Dragon, making you able to drop it, your ASO as early as turn 5. So that's a dream that I'm thinking about. I believe ASO Trunder is the answer to most of the decks in the meta today because they are so flexible they can run Frostbite to deal with Lee Sin, to deal with Dragon's mid-range, to deal with a lot of decks in the meta, especially Lee Sin, because Frostbite is the ultimate answer to everything. And lastly, the deck, which I believe everyone knows is going to dominate everyone, everything. Simple deck, it still remains the same, easy to execute win condition, Swing Twister Fate. If you want success with this deck, I highly suggest putting in at least two or three copies of Scorch Earth. You need to see how the meta will develop, because when we look at the two decks which I mentioned, Trundle, Howling Beast, 
together with Soraka Tamkench. Both decks heavily rely on your landmarks. And so if you run Triple Scorch Earth, I believe if you deal with their landmarks, that's game for them instantly. There's no way they can come back because that's their win condition overall. Soraka Tamkench does nothing without a landmark. It's just a deck which is annoying but has no outright damage. Trunder Howling Abyss. You get rid of the landmark. Trunder on its own can't really do anything. And there's no tutoring for their landmark because they're not running Targon. So that's one thing to notice. And so I've come to the end of today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it and I'll see you on the next one. And that's game. <laughs>